Well, greetings in the name of Jesus. This is Bishop Harry Wood with Foundational Faith. Coming to you today with just a rejoicing in our heart. And we just hope that you have been blessed or you're just receiving the blessings of God. I want you to turn with us if you can. If not, make a note of where we're going today. We're going to continue to uh, look at uh, some of our scriptures we've been talking about for some while now doing a, a series on that of the Psalms 119 in reference to prayer. And so many of these passages of scriptures, if we've said before, they imply the, uh, the attitude of prayer that the psalmist is having. And so therefore we need to become the psalmist and we need to use these portions of scripture as our petitions and, and our conversation to God, because most of this is the word of God itself in what God is saying uh, to us and for us. I want to uh, go to verse number 97. We're going to look through verse 104 today as we've been doing eight verses at a time. Now, I want to read those passages of Scripture first, and if you can't read them with us right now, we hope that you'll take the time at another time to read verses 97 through 104. It says, Oh, how I love thy law. And I like what the King James does. It has an explanation point after the word law. So this is to make an explanation or, or, or the uh, excitement of how I love, uh, 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 oh, how, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. And when I think of what the psalmist, I believe that's saying here, the psalmist is declaring an intense He's talking about that of relationship with the word or God's law. And when we think of the word law, we think about that that is an order, a structure, an ordinance, something that could even be a rule, something that will guide us. And see, if we will look at it in the perspective of the law is not just something that says we can't do something or we shouldn't do something, but it is a means of guidance. And therefore, it's for safety or benefit or for us to receive safety from. And the psalmist is saying here that there's this intense relation with the Word of God. He says, not only do I love the law, God's rule or God's ordinances and God's uh, direction, but he said, I make it my meditation. He said, I meditate upon it. And I think that it's very strong the intents of this because he uses the word love here, the psalmist does, and it's an expression of the relationship with the law, with the meditating, and also, of course, keeping it. The very affectionate or the intimate, the psalmist's mindset is his meditation. And then, of course, we understand that when we think of the very thought of meditating and what we're meditating upon is important. He says he's meditating upon the word. And this is where we can make the application that it's prayer, that it's devotion. And yes, I think it's important that we would even consider what the New Century Version says about this verse. It says, I think about them all day long. Now, the King James says all the day. And I know that's not a lot of difference, but 
I, I really like the way the new century does say it. I think about them all day. And bringing in a layman's turn, we understand that that's keeping our mind on them. Then as we look at verse number 98, it says, Thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. You know, this is important because actually we see the authority of working. We see how that we are made overcomers of our adversary. And this is not just people. This is the enemy himself. And we know the enemy works through people, works through flesh, works through circumstances and situations. But the word here is telling us in verse number 98, Thou through thy commandments has made me wiser than mine enemies. Do you know what God's plan is for us? As we meditate, know his word, act upon his word, we are becoming wiser. We're operating in wisdom. And we're acting upon the word. And it makes us wiser than the very enemy. Satan himself. Sometimes we, we look at Satan as, as, as something that can just overtake us, but really we have the authority over him. Adam gave the authority, gave in when he took of the fruit and disobeyed God's law. Folks, we don't have to disobey God's law. We don't have to give in to the voice of the enemy. We have the authority over him by the blood of the Lamb and the word, the Bible says by the word and by the blood of the lamb. And so we need to remember that today, that we have an authoritative working over the adversary. That's something to just give some praise about today. Verse number 99 says, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Again, the psalmist is talking about the meditation. Meditating upon the Word of God. But also, as I think about this passage of Scripture, he's making a statement here that is interesting because he says, I have more understanding than all my teachers. <laughs> when I think about that, the psalmist gives a statement that must be given attention to with proper thought. The King James says, I have more understanding than all my teachers. The New Century Version says, I am wiser than my teachers because I think on your rules. Of course, the King James says, meditate. I want to make a statement here that I think is important. The Bible talks about how the Apostle Paul told Timothy not to let no one despise his youth. And we think about age, we think about experience, we think about how that those that are older ought to be wiser. And we ought to be teachers. Each one of us, of what we know, we ought to be able to teach others or to be instrumental in their lives if we can. And really what I, I really believe is being said here is not an attitude of, of, uh, of uh, being... Uh, wrong-minded in the sense of that you are 
better than your teacher. You know, I've went into classes before, even in Bible college, and I sat there, and I was not bored, but I knew some of the material. I knew some of the information. I knew some of the passages of Scripture that the instructor was talking about. But it thrilled me because it was a review. It was that that I could listen to, and I could rejoice. And it would it would be were like meditating back upon something already that I knew. And you know, that's important. But I want us to think about what I said just a moment ago about what the Apostle Paul exhorted young Timothy. Don't let no one despise thy youth. Also, we understand that in the book of Ecclesiastes, I believe it's chapter 12, it says to remember the Lord thy God in the days of thy youth. Let me make a statement here, and, you know, I'm just going to be right out blunt and bold. It's not the color of your hair when it turns white or gray. <laughs> it's not the age that necessarily produces the maturity. Yes, I believe that with the years that we have, it should be that we are more mature, that we have learned lessons in life. And hopefully, by all means, that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I really believe that what's being said by the psalmist here is in the, poor, in the importance of this statement here that's given that we must pay attention to with the proper thought is those that meditate upon the Word of God, those that think on the Word of God, those that are allowing the Word of God to be their mindset are those, no matter what their age, are maturing they're becoming those of wisdom. They are coming of those of understanding. And that's important, folks, that we understand that. And then we understand that uh, verse 100, it says, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. Again, it sounds as if we're talking about a certain uh, nucleus of maybe age or, or something. But verse 100 continues the thought of the statement with ancients, the aged men, older leaders. The real answer to the psalmist statement is the latter part of verse 100. And let's look at that. But I want to read the whole verse. It says, I understand more than the ancients. But he goes on and the psalmist says, because I keep thy precepts. Folks, it's one thing to know something and know it. Have the knowledge of it. But we don't do it. <laughs> we don't do it. And I believe that that's what is important here. The psalmist is saying here. I understand more the ancients. If we know something and we're operating in it, we're keeping it, that, that's above just being educated. You know, there is people out here that are educated, but they have no common sense. That may sound silly, but that's true. I could give some illustrations, but I won't. 
if we know something, we have knowledge of it when we put it in operation, we put it in practice. It's important. It gives us, it gives the insight that we understand what we know. Then, as we move to the 101st Psalm, or verse of the 101st Psalm of Psalms 119, Psalms 119, it says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. Now, as I hear this being said, I can just visualize the psalmist. I ought to say that we ought to be visualizing ourselves that we're saying this to the Lord. Lord, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. The psalmist here is saying that he has kept his flesh under control. He has meditated upon the word of the Lord. He has operated in the word of the Lord. He has allowed the word of the Lord to be his light. He's allowed the word of God to lighten his paths. He's allowed the word of God to, to illuminate his mind, to illuminate and to uh, move and motivate the inner man, to quicken, to make alive. <laughs> Excuse me. Our walk must be avoiding the wrong purpose. To obey is to keep your word. You know, there's an old hymn, and I remember when I was a child that we would have a baptismal. And when we would have a baptismal service, most of the time they would sing this song, Trust and Obey. You know, to trust God is one thing, but to carry it out and follow it helps to bring about the accomplishment of what God said that he would do for us. We can say we believe something all day, but if there is a, if there is a precedence there that we must look at that God says, and I'm reminded of a scripture that's so dear to me is Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35, cast not away thy confidence. Well, we can look at the latter part of that passage of Scripture that says that we will have a recompense. God wants to bless us. But the thing about it is, all day long, we can say, well, God's blessing me. God's going to bless me. But if our confidence is not in what God said and not obedient to operate in what God would allow us and have us and, and teaches us through His Word, our confidence is not really there. We're not operating in faith because we're not operating in obedience. Today, as I look at verse number 102 again, it says here, I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. First of all, we need to realize that God does use the office of teachers. But we understand that our teacher today is His Word. We understand the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And God does equip the fivefold ministry. God does equip the teacher. But we must listen to the Spirit of God. 
We, we need to realize that acknowledge whose law and judgment or word they are. Acknowledge who the teacher is. We need to acknowledge that it's God's law, it's God's word. And I believe that builds a respect. It builds a. Uh, it builds the opportunity for us to walk in faith of confidence, because we know whose word it is. <clears throat> and then the psalmist puts the word of God in a way that I believe that's interesting, because in one hundred three. Of the 119th Psalm, he says, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Now, in when I see this, I look at this in a couple different ways. First of all, there is certain things that that is pleasant to our palate. It's pleasant when we take it in our mouth or something that we have an a, a, a appetite for. And the psalmist relates it to that of honey. Now, I don't know about you, but I like honey. I love honey. I eat honey just about every every day. Or I try to keep honey and eat it regular. Maybe if I don't eat it every day, but I try to eat honey regular. And honey is something that, yes, it is sweet. Yes, it's a natural, uh, it should be a natural process by that of our bees and what we have from the pollen and, and the pollination and all that. And thank God for that. But just the nutrients in honey. And yes, it is sweet. It's one of the best sweeteners, one of the most healthy sweeteners in the world. And the psalmist here says that it's sweet, it's pleasant. It's beneficial taste to our mouth. <laughs> and you know, most of the time, if there's something that we enjoy, we can we can actually before we partake of it we 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 have the taste buds we know what it's going to taste like we're anticipating it we're anticipating the the pleasure or the enjoyment from that that's fiction to touch our palate of our mouth and and you know it's interesting when something can be contrary to our taste. I, I, I don't know if I've ever shared this, but I had this to happen one time, and I don't drink carbonated drinks anymore, like Coca-Cola and Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, Mountain Dew. If you're uh, familiar with these drinks, uh, especially our family, if you're in other countries, but some people call them sodas, some of them call them uh, Pepsi, Coke, uh, Coca-Colas. Um, uh, but I, I pulled up to a drive-through restaurant, and uh, I was going to get me a sandwich, and and my mind—I could not make up my mind at that moment. Did I want some sweet tea, or did I want a soft drink? And I don't remember what the soft drink was now. But anyway, and I don't remember which one I actually ordered. But this was interesting. <laughs> Because this really happened when they handed me my purchase and I paid them and I pulled away from the drive-thru and when I took that cup and I 
sipped on the straw, folks, I'm going to tell you, that was one of the nastiest tastes. There was nothing wrong with my drink, but it was what my palate was anticipating. And like I said, I don't remember what I ordered now and what I was anticipating. I know it was somewhere between a soft drink and a Pepsi Cola. I mean, a soft drink and, and an iced tea. But whatever, whatever way that I ordered and, and received was the opposite of what my palate. I had somehow or another with my taste buds and my anticipation, it was expecting what I did not give it. But let me say that like this. If we understand the sweetness and the benefit, how pleasant, how ready is our palate in the spiritual sense for our body to receive the Word of God and to take it and to taste it. The Bible says to taste and see that the Lord is good. To partake of and, you know, that makes me think about even partaking of the Lord's table. How that we're to discern His body. And if we come not discerning His body properly, we're going to not benefit. It's similar to that. I can see the similarity here of taking something in our palate. Our palate is not ready for it. We're not we are not, we're not focused. We're not anticipating. Folks, that's important today that we come to the Word of God and it becomes the sweet. It becomes the pleasant. Yes, the Word of God is corrective. Thank God for even that. But when we have the goodness of the Word of God, and we're basking in it. We're feasting with it because we've been operating in it. We've been meditating it. We've been obeying it. How pleasant it is to us. And then as the psalmist goes to the 104th verse, he says, Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore, or there, therefore I hate every false way. I want you just to think about what the psalmist just said. He said through precepts. Whose precepts? The Lord's precepts. What are the precepts? They're His Word. What are the precepts? They're His guidance. The psalmist says, I get understanding. And then he brings out a statement that I think is ever so important. He says in that verse, I hate every false way. Did you hear what the psalmist just said? He said, I hate. <laughs> Are we supposed to hate? I believe that if we love the Lord and His Word in such a way that there's a proper hate. I know that sounds difficult, maybe to comprehend, 
But there's a proper love, there's a devotion that produces proper hate. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 16 through 19 <clears throat> that there was seven things that God, and God said he hated them. Can you imagine that? God said he hated them. And I believe the reason for it is because it, it, it is that that is not in line with his precepts. It's that that's not bringing health. It's not bringing order. It's not bringing understanding. It's not bringing benefit to us. And it definitely is the operation of the flesh. It is that that is sin. And the, and, and the writer of the book of Proverbs says this, that God hates a proud look. God doesn't want to deal with pride. He had to deal with that when Satan become prideful and cast him out. Now, I'm going to say a couple things here today that I hope it makes you think. He says that he hates a lying tongue. Why? Because God is a God of truth. The Bible even tells us not to bear false witness against your neighbor. We're to speak the truth. Folks, the older I get, the more I learn. Sometimes it's better just to be quiet, not to say anything. If I can't say something good or definitely about somebody and definitely making presumptions, oh, yes, yeah, somebody will show their actions. Somebody will show their true colors eventually. But the Bible says that God hates a lying tongue. And folks, I'm going to say something that's kind of strong here. If we don't take God's word at what God said, and trust him. The Bible says, let every man be a liar, but God be true. Are we a liar today? Think about that. If we're a liar and will not accept God's word, we're calling it untruth. But the word says, let every man be a liar, but let God be true. Because God is true. I hope that's making sense to you. And then he says that he hates shedding innocent blood. There is so many things that we can make applicable to that thought today that he hates the shedding of innocent blood. Does God want injustices corrected? Sure he does. Does God want people to take within their flesh that they would get the desire to kill someone? I mean premeditated. And folks, I'm going to make a statement that I hope that just shakes somebody today. To shed innocent blood, you may have a license to practice. And your practice is that you're a doctor and you take an innocent life out of the womb of a mother. And I'm not here to be critical today, but if there's a mother out there that's listening and you've aborted a child, that child is in the loving hands of Almighty God. And I just want to encourage you to find the forgiveness of God's love because one day, if you will, you'll have the opportunity to see that child. 
Mm, I just, mm, I've just got to think on that just a moment. Shed innocent blood. In America, that is one of the most ungodly things that's going on in our country today. Babies that are being slaughtered from the womb. Innocent blood. God says, I hate it. <clears throat> and then he says that he hates the plans of those that have wicked imaginations. There is so many places we could go with that. Listen, there is people out here that they just are motivated to, to plan wicked I mean, their imaginations, what they create, even what they do in their business now is that of wicked imaginations is where it starts. We could get over into sexuality here. We could get into so many things here. <clears throat> and then also, he says that he hates swift, quick feet to run to mischief. Wow. You know, as I was preparing to do this this um, podcast, I remembered back when I was about 13, about 14 years old, an incident that took place in my life. And I began to think about what God said he hated here, swift, quick feet to run to mischief. I was raised in a Christian home. I was raised by a dad that knew what the Bible said, but wasn't living for the Lord. And a mother that took the time to show us the truth. To show us the truth from God's Word. But at the age of 14, I began to run with some friends. And some of their activities were not good. But you know what really woke me up and shook me to the core? I was taught to appreciate other people's property. I was taught that stealing was a sin and wrong. And I'll never forget, as I was over at these friends' house, and they had a little uh, music band playing music. <laughs> and there was this young boy, he was about 12 years of age, and I, I wouldn't know him today. I wouldn't know him if he walked in right now in front of me. Matter of fact, uh, I think I know his first name. But anyway, we went to this little store that was on the corner and they sold, you know, drinks and snacks. They sold a little bit of what we call a convenience store. And I'd heard him, you know, in the last month or so as I was with him for a few months. I'd heard him say something about coming from a music store and that he had such and such a music album back then. It was the LPs, um, the vinyl albums back in the 70s, 1970s. I'm telling my age. And I'd heard him say something about picking one up, but I really didn't take a lot of notice to that. But this particular day, the last time that I was in the company of all these friends, was when we came back from this store where we had bought us some drinks and we bought us some candy bars and and uh, chips and things of that nature. We came into the house that we were at of this one friend <clears throat> where they had their music equipment set up. And all of a sudden, this young man 
He says, look what I got. And folks, this makes no sense. It makes no sense at all why a 12-year-old boy would go to a store and shoplift and steal an extension cord, drop cord, extension cord. I didn't say anything at that moment, but I'm going to tell you at that moment, and as I was preparing for this, this is this came back to me and reminded me, swift, quick feet to run to mischief. And I made a decision that day that I wasn't going to run with a crowd that somebody wanted to be a part of mischief. And I partied company. Did that make me better than them? No. But it did in the sense that I made a decision that day to do what was right for myself. You know, God forgives us of everything if we're willing to ask Him. And then He says that He hates a false witness. And that goes back to even talking about a lying tongue. A false witness. Can you imagine that? A false witness. There is people out here that will lie on you. There is people that lie on God. You know, the devil and God gets lied on more than anybody else probably. Well, God did or or, or God's fault or they blame the devil. I don't know about you, but I've heard this. I've even heard this in church. Well, the devil did such and such or, or God allowed such and such. God gets blamed and, and people tell lies on God. God uh, people tell lies even on the devil. I know that may sound silly, but it's not. But it's the truth. God says he hates a false way or he f- hates a false witness. And then the last thought that he hates, he hates those that sow discord. Those that will bring doubt. Those that are uh, faithless. Those that divide. Those that are skeptics among the brethren. The psalmist in verse 1, in uh, Psalms 119 in verse 13 says this. And we've already dealt with verse 13 sometime back. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Folks, let's think on these things today. How much do we really love the word of God? How does it taste? How does it taste to us today? Do we really hate every false way as the psalmist said? In verse 104, if we do, we have an opportunity through proper love and devotion, which produces proper hate, that we can say, I hate anything that's of doubt, that's of faithless, that will divide, especially, especially, in our own lives, or even amongst those that are our brethren. I hope that these words have challenged your heart to think about our relationship with God and how much we love Him. Because if we really can come, like the psalmist says, and say that I love the Lord, or I love thy law, I believe we'll find that we love Him. I want to pray, Father, We just come in the name of Jesus. 
We thank you that he is that word that became flesh. We thank you that he dwelt among us. And Lord, we have beheld his glory. Lord, we thank you today that he came to destroy the work of the enemy. Lord, we thank you today that the word says that he has come. Lord, that whosoever shall call upon him shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Whosoever shall call upon the word of God. Whosoever shall speak what the word of God says in faith and act on it shall be delivered, shall come into health, shall come into life, shall come into that of eternal life. Lord, I just speak right now, Father, that you, by the Holy Spirit, would go into the different areas of those of our family, our podcast family, Father. Lord, the nations of the world, Father. Lord, we pray today for... Those, Lord, that may need you in Russia today, those in China. Lord, Pakistan and India and Germany and the Netherlands today, nations that we have our podcast being listened to. Lord, there of England, the United Kingdom. Lord, Kenya today. Lord, I don't want to miss any Canada today. The United States, Lord. Egypt, Lord, we just ask today for France. Lord, we just speak today there in the nation of Sweden and Switzerland. Lord, in Portuguese, Portugal. Lord, Australia today. Lord, the nations of Africa today. Lord, for Israel, as the Word of God teaches us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, we pray for our fellow brothers and our sisters in these nations today. And not only these that we mentioned, but Lord, around the globe today. We pray for our brothers and our sisters that are suffering, Lord, that are having to, Lord, that are having to go underground to even worship you. Lord, I just pray for a move of Almighty God in your spirit. I pray for their governments today. I pray, dear Father, for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to penetrate the darkest places in this, on this globe today. And Lord, I pray that you will place even this podcast in some areas, Lord, that those that are hungry, those that need you today will hear of how that they can come to know Jesus as their Savior. We love you today, Jesus. We thank you that you're word has come and we receive the word today by faith and we ask these things in Jesus name amen I pray that this podcast has been a help to you and a blessing I encourage you to share it with somebody else I pray that if you can just come with a group of people and share it and if we can be of any assistance we want to encourage you to to uh, email us. You can email us at foundationalfaithministry2020 at gmail.com or also pastorharry8700 at yahoo.com. God bless you today, and we look forward to sharing again very soon. You have a wonderful day.